Rick and Rick podcast with Cousin Ray Ray. Welcome back, fan. It's time for yet another edition of Brickless with Rick and the Cuz. Cousin Ray Ray, who are you sponsored by? I got these wonderful vodka gummy bears. They are doing the trick. Holy cow. These these suckers. Where do you even get them? I made them myself. Uh, the trick is you don't put them in the fridge or cover them because that like inhibits the the, the soaking up of the vodka if, for people who didn't know. I've made them with friends before and they shove them in the fridge and they cover them. I'm like, what, what the heck are you doing? Um, yeah, because that would make it like the, it all like tough and hard and not porous. I've been meaning to ask, do you purposely put the D at the end of fan when you say welcome back fan? I put the D in a lot of things, but let's not get into it. Uh, I'm sponsored today by Pepto-Bismol because I spent the weekend drinking too much and eating whatever I wanted, and today I have the bubble guts. But let's dive right into something else that's made me sick, and that's this continued travesty that we call the NFL. Uh, uh, The Packers did absolutely – the score does not reflect the beatdown the 49ers got on Thursday. That was ugly to keep an eye on. Uh, I can't tell with this 49ers team. One week, like when they played like the Patriots, you think like they're back, right? All right, they must, you know, got some of their their players back. And then Garoppolo's out. They put in like Nick Mullins and then just apparently Nick Mullins makes their defense bad too. Unfortunate to watch. But it makes the Packers all the more confusing because the Packers are a team. Now you have no idea who's showing up for the Packers. Is it going to be, you know, when they got their shit rocked by the Bucks, which we'll talk about in a minute? Was it what they let the Vikings do to them at home? Or what they just did to the 49ers. I don't know anymore. Uh, predictably, the Texans won, as you would expect, over the Jaguars. Uh, another uh, another ugly slap fight uh, concluded uh, for the Giants at the end of uh, against the Washington football team. I don't even know their standings. Let me pull this up real quick. Oh, uh, against other um, against teams outside their division, they're like two. 19 and one or something like that. It's, it's, it's bad. It only got worse after this weekend because the Cowboys obviously lost to the Steelers and what was a way closer game than it should have been. Steelers scoring 15 outscoring the Cowboys 15 to zero in the fourth quarter is the only reason they were able to salvage that. But like weirdly enough, I think the only team in Daniel Jones's career that he can reliably beat is Washington and nobody else. It's super weird. Um, but that entire division is pretty tied up because with that win, the Giants now have two wins. The Cowboys have two wins. The football team has two wins and the Eagles have three and a half. So and most com- of those are against most of those wins are against each other. So that's a commanding lead, a three and a half win lead in the NFC uh, least. Um, the Ravens and Colts was pretty tough. But the Ravens ended up pulling that out. The I've expected the Vikings and Lions to be a lot closer but the lions decided that they almost wanted dalvin cook to be adrian peterson's single game rushing records so that was kind of fun to watch but i i mean i understand it was kind of a slaughterhouse and not really that competitive and at the end you know stafford got knocked out but nfl red zone just will not show the vikings like unless it's actually a scoring play they're just like nah there's more competitive games to watch like i mean there are there are teams with winning records playing i know but it's the only way I get to watch them because I live in the South. I can raid on your parade because I also get to raid on my own parade this year. So every, every clip, you know, all the people online who make clips about NFL, like this week in the NFL, or you know, if if NFL was kindergarten 
kids or whatever, you know, whatever stupid videos they make. This year, the Patriots are all over them this time. Like, oh, hey, you're not usually here at our AA version of football meetings. Like, what are you doing? Like, oh, this is just temporary. And then the Giants character, oh, I said that three years ago. Oh, 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 and everybody laughs. And So I'm right there with you. Well, Dub Bears uh, dropped a, a third one in a row. They're going to get to probably rebound against the Vikings here. We'll cover that in a minute. We're going to change things up. We're going to talk a lot more about what we feel about in the NFL in this coming week here this week. I don't know if they will. Nick Foles is playing like regular Nick Foles, so I, I think the Vikings actually have a chance, but we can talk about that later. Uh, man, the, the Panthers, for about two and a half, three quarters there, were really giving the Chiefs the business. Uh, but then the Chiefs came to the Chiefs and, and squeaked that one out. Probably sucks for anybody who uh, you know took the Chiefs and gave the points. Because the, the Panthers are sneakily good. Very yeah, sneakily week in and week team. out, they're very competitive. And, and they had Christian McCaffrey back, which, I, I don't know, maybe give them a boost. I can't tell. Uh, I mean, he played pretty well, but then he hurt his shoulder. So it really sucks to be Christian McCaffrey this year. Or Christian McCaffrey fantasy football owners. Yeah. Uh, the Seahawks kind of uh, even the score out a little bit toward the end. But the the Bills were on just the warpath. I mean, so many turnovers. Uh, you know, the Bills put up 44 on them. Obviously, the Seahawks' defense isn't, you know, vaunted like it used to be. But I just can't tell. I don't trust Josh Allen. Is he actually good? Uh, I see ESPN writing stuff like he is elite. No, seriously. And I'm like, eh, is he, though? I mean, the, the like, Seahawks have a pretty young secondary. That's like they, they, they've been giving up the most passing yards to teams all year. So and like I know he gets insane fantasy stats, right? Like his numbers are super good. And, you know, in terms of, of running and throwing and touchdowns and the Bills are, I think, seven and two now. And they look really good. Like, and I'm excited for the Bills. As as 0-4 Super Bowl bros, I can't hate on the Bills, right? And the Bills Mafia fans are both terrifying and entertaining in a somewhat wholesome way, right? I don't, I've never come across a Bills fan who was a dick. So, like, I kind of have to cheer for him. But at the same time, if you are in a big game and you tell me that Josh Allen is my quarterback, I'm scared on the inside. I just can't fully yeah. trust him. He went 31 of 38, which is incredible. I just You, you already know he's not going to do that week in, week out. And when you have to face good teams every week in the playoffs, I I mean, he's he might win you a game or two. I just I can't imagine him winning you three or four in a row. Well, and I, I can't remember the name of the other DB, but it was Jalen Ramsey and someone else were shitting all over Josh Allen when he first came in, and they were showing the stats. Like, he's done extremely well when he like plays against Jalen Ramsey and the Rams. Like, uh, and oh, I can't remember the name of that other team, but like his his numbers are really really good. It's just every time that I tune in to watch him, he'll just make this like duck pass into nowhere that just sails off. But like it wasn't a throwaway. He just missed a guy by ten yards. Yep. So I don't know. I, but... think, I think it's the Bills writers. One of the writers on ESPN. He's always every time he has to write about the about the Bills games. He's always like, if you're a guy who thinks that Josh Allen is the real deal, he's got the stats to prove it. If you're if you're if you're a guy who thinks he's not the real deal, he also has the stats to prove it because you can look at his at his missed throws and they are just bad. But then when when he's on, he's on. But when he's off, he's terrible. So like he's literally the the best ends of both worlds that you're getting there. So the Falcons were an absolute travesty, and that apparently the the Vikings taught them the way to win. And uh, I mean, as as good as the Panthers really look. Their record is, I mean, I think the Panthers and the Chargers are basically the same team where they're really scary. You definitely don't want to play them, but they're also not going to the playoffs. 
because yeah. the Falcons now so are be that un- one of the unlucky teams that loses to them. Yeah, because Falcons are they're now three and six, and you know their their offense is back. So, uh, I mean they're not the they're not in the cellar anymore, and the the Broncos still continue to have confusing performances every week. Uh, speaking of the Chargers, they dropped one to the Raiders, who are also on that like they're kind of the opposite of like the, the Chargers in terms of just just record alone. But they play the same way. Like you'd be scared to play the Raiders. They have a lot of good things going for them. The record this year seems to be panning out, but you're just kind of not quite sure this is their year. But they're probably a wild card lock if they continue this pace. <clears throat> it was a fun rookie quarterback duo. I guess he's not a rookie anymore, but uh, you know, Kyler Murray versus uh, Tua. That was a uh, and. and t- Obviously, it was the first thing that killed my parlay this week, but it was it was fun to watch. It's I probably because I listened to so much, you know, the Lebertard show. I kind of have a soft spot for some Miami teams, especially the Dolphins, because they've been so terrible for so long. Uh, but it, and I've always had a soft spot for the Cardinals ever since that Super Bowl. So it was just kind of fun to watch those two slug it out. It was kind of an entertaining, wholesome game. Um. I know a lot of people probably lost uh, a, a reasonable amount of money, uh, you included. On these Steelers. What happened in that game that you saw? Clearly, they set the line pretty high. But at the same time, it was the fucking Cowboys who had their... Who were down to their fourth quarterback after losing Dak, the, the Red Rifle. Danucci went... Danucci, Danucci, whatever the heck his name was, went down. And then they were supposed to start either... Gosh, I don't even remember their names. Um, they were supposed to start. They had to decide between these two weird quarterbacks, and uh, they went went with Garrett Gilbert. And oh boy, uh, I did not expect them to actually keep up. I think this was more of a defensive effort than anything. But it uh, it still amazed me that they were able to keep the Steelers down to to nine points in the half, shut them out through the third quarter, and then it took you know two touchdown drives in the fourth just for the Steelers to stay perfect. Which also, how the fuck are the Steelers perfect? Uh, they've just kind of pulled out every game, but the Cowboys' defense is also extremely trash. Like that, that game didn't make a ton of sense. But like the the Steelers, by all rights, shouldn't have should not have won that game because like the the drive that they got where they scored the touchdown, like the refs bailed them out a couple of times. Like just you know flags that got them first downs, and the Cowboys did also you know some stupid stuff too. Like you know they had the the Steelers stopped and then. Uh, Van Der Esch, their linebacker, you know, punched a Steeler in the helmet 15 yards right there. Like, that drive shouldn't have happened. By, you know, all rights, the Cowboys very easily could have on, hung on and won that game. There's just so many drivers that were kept alive, either by the refs or Cowboys' stupidity. And the Steelers should have went down to a team they had absolutely no business losing to. Because I don't know what your feelings are, but I'd probably say the second worst team in the entire NFL right now is probably the Cowboys. Yeah. I don't know of anyone I would like put below them. I, like, obviously, it's the Jets is at number right, one. Right, the Jets, and then I don't know. You could, you could argue about the the Giants or the Redskins, but really, it's kind of those three. Right, but also with the, I mean, it it has a lot to do with the Cowboys being on their you know ninety fourth quarterback of the year, right? And defenses, you know, the, obviously right. Elliott got something going, but defenses that have been able to bottle up Elliott in the absence of having a quarterback. Exactly. Turns out if you don't have a quarterback or a running back, the Cowboys haven't been able to do anything. I mean, last week, what was it? Who did they? It was the Eagles they put up three points against? Yeah. It was bad. So, 
So how do you let the Eagles dominate you and then the undefeated Cowboy or undefeated Steelers have to get a ton of help to win that game? The Jaguars have the second worst record, but they don't have as easy in a division. And I mean, they they don't get to face the Giants and the Redskins, right? So I I can't even hate on the Jaguars that much. Granted, they've lost seven in a row after winning that first game, surprisingly. But they've been in quite a few of these at the same time. Yeah, they're at least scoring. They're just, you know, getting outscored at the end. And obviously this week when they lost to the Texans, they had to play with their, you know, their sixth round backup quarterback because Minshew is out. Who actually did pretty decent. Yeah, I mean, he did decent. And, you know, they've they've got a lot of players in the Jaguars who are playing as an interview right now, right? Because they're probably going to get sold off for pieces at well, some yeah, point yeah. to yeah, some other teams. They're getting rid of all their parts this whole season, so even before yeah. the season. So you got a lot of players playing really hard there. I think if I had to pick between the, the Jaguars and the Cowboys straight up, I mean, de- depending on what the spread was, I'd probably still take the Jags. Um, I didn't watch a whole lot of this, but what did you catch out of this this Buccaneers-Steelers game? Other than, I guess, Brady's, I mean, Brady had an atrocious night. I mean, th- 22 for 38, 209 yards, three picks. Um I mean, was it? But it is this all on on Brady, and he's just kind of. This is kind of like a, a Packers team with a lot of skill possess, you know, skill players. When the quarterback throws the whole game, there's nothing they can do about it. No. So from what I saw, based on the Bucks Saints game last night, from from what I could see, and I watched I watched a lot of it as much as I could bear to watch. Um, they, the Saints were getting to the quarterback, and Sean Payton even said at halftime, you know, during that little interview that they do, he was like, you know, whoever gets the quarterback usually has a better chance of winning, and they, they were getting to him. The Brady did not have any time to throw at all. He was getting frustrated, throwing his helmet. Um, that, you know, he, he could have done better, obviously, but at the same time, that there wasn't much that he could have done anyway. Um, if he was 20 years younger, he still couldn't have done much, so... Unless Quick. you're Russell Wilson and you're able to make a play on anything, then then your your team's screwed when your offensive line plays like that. Without I mean, looking, uh, Ronald Jones you know, had nine rushing yards, I think. Oh, so. I guess you do. Now I was going to say, without looking, do you know how many total rushing yards the Buccaneers had as a team? Oh, as a team, go still mi- minimal. Eight. Oh, eight total. Wow. Leonard Fournette had what? But they had five rushing plays the whole game. They were down so early, so often. I know, but like you don't. I mean, Ronald Jones has been getting a lot of yards from him. You have a beast of Leonard Fournette. I mean, Blaine uh, Blaine Gabbert. He was obviously he must have came in for for Brady at one point and had a a negative rushing play. But I yeah. mean, how do you not like if your if your quarterback is getting you know dominated? Obviously, like they're bringing a lot of people. To, how do you not like try to find some holes or get a push? I mean, that offensive line hasn't been that terrible this year. This is just a total team collapse by the Buccaneers. But they, literally, I remember last time we we talked on the show, Tampa Bay Buccaneers were looking like an absolute Death Star. Mm-hmm. And I mean, destroying the Packers, and they had a chance in the second half. They got a fumble after the Saints started with the ball. Um, they got they got to they got to the goal line, and next thing you know, it's fourth and goal. They go for it, and when it when it didn't happen, I was like, that that's the game. If they got it, I, I'm thinking you know maybe Brady has a chance to make this thing close. But uh, after that, it just he kind of just knew it was over. Well, and Pat's Jets will be kicking off here in a minute. We don't expect a, a whole lot oh, other already, than a... Yeah, it's already going. Yeah, probably a mediocre Pat's victory. The, the, the Jets started with the game with a 12-play, 7-minute drive for a field goal. So let's, let's look into next week. 
because with everything that happened this past week, there's just so many teams I just I don't trust their performance anymore. And there's so many up and downs, right? Like there's not that many teams that are just consistently, you know, dominating. So we've got the 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 Colts Titans and I mean the Colts are now uh five and three, I think, and they're looking good. The the Titans just, you know, uh had a, a pretty solid performance. It was a real gritty game, but a pretty solid performance against that, you know, tough Bears D. The line there is one and a half. The Titans being slightly favored. And honestly, I have no idea who I would bet on. No idea with that line. I mean, obviously the line indicates Vegas doesn't even know, but gun to my head, it is literally a coin flip. I have no idea who would win. I could not pick that game to save my life. And I'm going to have to in our pick'ems league, but I don't know what to pick. You've got the, the Texans versus the Browns. Now the Texans are a floundering team when you look at the standings. So that means Baker Mayfield's going to play really good, but the Texans have been scoring a lot. Right, and the Browns can't make the playoffs, so they do have to lose more games at this rate. Um, we just discussed how the, the, the Jaguars are obviously bad, but they do score points and they play people pretty tough. The Packers are favored by 14. Honestly, if I'm, I'm not that uh, disinclined to take the, the Jags and the points in that game. Because that's a lot for how much Jacksonville's been scoring. Right, so I mean, their losses have been by seven, three. They lost by eighteen to the Dolphins, but then eight uh, was really close against the Texans up until the last minute. Uh, the Lions they did get dis- uh, destroyed, but then they lost by ten to the Chargers and two to the Texans. So most of these games have been well within fourteen. Right, and the I mean the Packers have not been dominant. They got you know trounced by uh, the Buccaneers. In that game, they got destroyed. Obviously, most of that was Aaron Rodgers' fault. But then they got, you know, hammered on by the Vikings, which made no sense. Uh, we've got the Eagles and the Giants, and it's basically a field goal between them. And who knows where this is going to go? Because the Giants kind of feel like they're getting a little bit better. And the Eagles are also one of those teams. You have no idea what Eagles team is going to take the field. Right. Were the Giants close against the Buccaneers because they're good? They're actually getting good? Or was it just the Buccaneers off night like we saw last night? I... Right, right. Because uh, two weeks ago, the, the Buccaneers was unstoppable juggernaut. And then they, you know, they struggled mightily against the Giants team they should have annihilated. And then just got shithoused by the Saints. Uh, speaking of, you know, the Buccaneers, now they're favored by six over the Panthers. That doesn't make any sense because the Panthers just played the Chiefs extremely well and they're looking sharp. And they played most teams pretty well. I, they haven't they haven't lost a bad game all year. No. Um, and then we've got the the Broncos Raiders, which is another one that I can't make heads or tails out of. I probably would pick the Raiders because they're a little bit more consistent. But the Broncos have been feisty lately. They've they've uh, won and lost on uh, last play of the game two weeks in a row now. Right. And you, you might you might pick the Raiders, but do you pick them to cover? Like they're <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the, the spread is by- five. So you're kind of hoping does the game on a field goal or a touchdown? I mean that's that's not that's not something I want to be near. And I mean obviously we sports gamble a lot, but this might be the week to avoid the shit out of the yes. NFL. Or or it's the week we put down a twelve team parlay <laughs> and become millionaires and <laughs> just go off. Uh, so we've got the the Bills versus the Cardinals. The line is Cardinals by two. So the Bills obviously just you know. Uh, 
they held off the comeback of the Seahawks and, and beat them down pretty good for most of the game. But the Cardinals just beat the Seahawks, and they look pretty good. But then the Cardinals lost to the Dolphins. It's it's, it's one of those, like, the circle of suck becomes really yeah, complete. This is, like, this is, like, the worst season for the circle of suck. Because literally everybody has beaten everybody else except for the Steelers. But even the Steelers, again, almost lost to the Broncos. Almost lost to the end. Went to overtime with the Titans. Almost lost this last, week, last week to the Cowboys. They beat the Ravens. It's like, you don't know where they're coming from. This is definitely, like, I was against it when it first started. I mean, I've railed against it enough on this show. But this is definitely the year to expand the playoff, right? Because we need as many teams to get in the playoff as we can because we honestly do not know. And betting these playoffs is going to be a nightmare because unless we look, like, with an extreme microscope at a lot of these past games and and try to figure out some patterns, there's so many teams we just don't know who's going to show up. All right, right, next we've got the we've got the Chargers, who, again, are playing everybody really, really tough. Right, Herbert's looking like a stud as a rookie quarterback. Tua just had a great game as a rookie quarterback. The line is two and a half. No thank you, we'll not be betting on that game. The Seahawks now playing the Rams. The line is one and a half, and I don't know who to take. The Rams being at home, I think, uh, you know, probably gives them, you know, a little bit of an advantage. But the Rams have also been kind of up and down. Uh, I mean, just to go look at, you know, at at their standings out there, they're now five and three. I mean, that whole division is basically, you know, two games apart from each other. I mean, it's it's a huge coin flip. It's it's getting out of control this year. Plus, it's a division game. Those that division always goes wild anyway between each other. Even if the Seahawks back when they were like one and seven, and the Rams were, you know, seven and one, that this team this game would always be close. Although these next two feel a little bit more predictable. The Saints got the 49ers. The 49ers obviously have a lot of problems with consistency, and the Saints are starting to find, you know, it looks like a groove, right? You, you do that to a very stacked Buccaneers yeah. team. Um, but, you know, they, they also had to eke out a win against the, the Bears, who are kind of slipping. But This is one of I, the more, yeah, seemingly more yeah. predictable ones. I put a parlay down every week, and I think I'm two and seven in my parlay so far. And, and I, I'm going to struggle to find you know five or six teams to put it in there, but the Saints will definitely be one. Um, we've got the the Ravens are going to play the Patriots. I think the Ravens are probably a pretty safe bet here. They're favored by seven, and I'd almost give the points and take uh, take the Ravens anyway. But we'll see. I mean, who knows? The the Patriots could blow the Jets out by. 50 tonight and be like, oh, Cam Newton's finally found his groove because Cam Newton has kind of been losing games, you know, in the fourth quarter. Uh, the Pats just traded, uh, was it the Dolphins they just traded for a wide receiver? Yep. Yeah, we just got their young receiver, D Ford. So, and uh, Cam just ran in a touchdown. So so is, is this kind of where Cam gets his groove back and then that wide receiver helps him out a little bit? Because the Ravens have been winning, but... I'm not gonna, you know, sit here and tell you that they've been extremely dominant. I mean, they're they're six and two. They're two games back behind the Steelers. You know, obviously gonna be a playoff team, uh, and they're they're playing everybody pretty tough. I I feel like besides the, you know, probably besides the Steelers, Ravens probably be the most consistent team. Yeah, I mean, the Ravens still have to face the Steelers one more time, and actually the Steelers are at home for that game. The Ravens already lost at home to the Steelers, so. The, the Steelers have a really good path to the number one seed, technically, that the second half of their season doesn't look very tough. So and the, then the, Ravens, the Ravens will have to work just to, I mean, obviously they're going to get a wild card, but they're, they're going to have to work pretty hard to get that one seed, to get uh, the division, much less the one seed. Yeah. Um, the Vikings are, you know, 
they've been these these last two weeks they've been playing out of their mind. I mean, they had no business beating Green Bay, and they they did. I mean, uh, you know, Dalvin Cook had an extremely good game. Uh, they were very dominant over the the Lions, who are kind of imploding. But the Lions could very easily have won that game. I wouldn't have been surprised if Minnesota would have lost that. That was another Dalvin Cook out of his mind game. Uh, Dalvin's not going to do this three games in a row. You don't think so? Not against this Bears defense. He's not going to get 200 yards again. Uh, can the Vikings win? Kirk has been playing better, too. He's been, I guess, cleaner. Um, so, you know, Kirk's going to have to throw, and they're going to have to to figure that a little bit more because they are going to, you know, key on Cook for that game. But it's in Soldier Field, so I'm almost certain the Vikings are going to lose this game. But the line is uh, two and a half, and the Vikings are favored. If if the Vikings were five and three, would you feel different? If if they didn't lose last second to the Titans and they didn't give up that lead against the Seahawks, would would you still feel the same way? No, no. If the Vikings were five and three right now, I would be very confident that our O line, because the way our uh, Dalvin Cook's been doing this, because two weeks ago the Vikings got some pieces back in their their O line. Uh, I can't remember his name, but he came back from injury, and then Edric Cleveland has gotten the start. So the Vikings O-line has been much improved. It's been keeping Kirk upright. He hasn't been throwing these picks. They've been obviously making huge holes for Dalvin. Uh, so yeah, if the Vikings are 5-3, and three, I'd say this two-and-a-half-point line, I'm taking the Vikings and giving the points. Uh, but because it still feels like a fluke every time they win, uh, and Soldier Field is such a tough place to play, uh, you know, and it's, it's probably going to be. I don't know what the, the weather is, you know, by this weekend, but anytime it's, you know, a cold game in Soldier Field always favors the Bears. So yeah, it's going to be an absolutely insane week. Like I'm, I'm, I'm looking at these lines and these matchups, and man, I just I do not know. Like I don't know if if you have a, like a per, you know a perfect pick'em this week, you should win a million dollars because holy crap, for some of these just just yeah, the odds for these are going to be nuts. Uh, so that's that's our I guess let's take one last look here at the. The overall standings. Uh, just a, a quick look at our playoff picture because we are at the official halfway mark of the NFL season. Right. Um, yes. Assuming the Pats win tonight, they go to three and five. I still think they're out of it, and we're looking at the the Bills kind of running away with this division. Uh, Dolphins might make a run for it, but they they could get end up with one of the playoff or one of the wild card spots. Uh, same story with Chiefs and Raiders. Uh, Broncos, Chargers, pretty much out of it. Raiders could get another spot. Uh, now it gets a little confusing when you look at the AFC North, right? Because the Steelers, Steelers and Ravens feel like two teams are definitely going to the playoffs. There goes the third spot. But you know the the Browns are still five and three, and Baker plays good against teams with winning records, so they could easily beat the Texans this week. And you know the. The Colts are five and three, and they've been playing everybody tough. I mean, it was when when we were looking to place our bets, they were a pick 'em against the Ravens. So that's what you know Vegas thought of them. And you know, I mean, they lost. I think you know, you know, like twenty four to ten or something. But they played pretty tough the whole yeah, time. Yeah, it's still a pretty defensive match. Yeah, it's not like they were out yeah. of it. They have a better point differential than the Titans. So yeah, so it's I don't know. It, it's going to be an, an amazing playoff picture here in the. The AFC, the NFC is uh, obviously the NFC East is going to be what's ever going to be. It'll be a winner, but um, Seahawks, Cardinals, Rams, and you know obviously the 49ers are kind of falling apart. We think, but those three teams are basically neck and neck. The Seahawks have one game up on everybody, but that could be two or three playoff teams right there. Um, 
the Packers kind of appear to be the strongest one in the North. The you know, but the the Vikings are improving a little bit. We don't know if they could challenge the Bears or possibly work into that that's that playoff spot. I have my doubts. Um, the Bears, you know, like I said, they've they've lost three in a row. Are they just you know did they just have three bad weeks? Obviously, their point differential is negative. So maybe the Bears are definitely coming back to earth, which means could the Vikings work up for that spot? Who knows? The Lions, we can kind of write them off. Yeah, I mean, I, if the Vikings win this week, I, I'd say that honestly they're right back in it. Yeah, they're they're eff- they're definitely in the hunt because uh, there's there's three spots available and not a ton of teams going for it. Yeah, uh, but they only got one from the East. Obviously, you got one from each of the other ones, but that that still leaves three spots. So yeah, I mean, and obviously Tampa Bay's likely taking one of them. And then, you know, if you can fight one of the other two from the NFC West for a spot, just one spot, you got, you guys can. Yeah, the Vikings, Vikings could, would have to. But, I mean, as soon as you have any hope in them, just, you know, and, and we'll be three and nine here in no time. Right, right. But, so on the show, officially, we have no hope in them. Just, just No hope get, in them. Official stated line, no hope in them. Um, and then the, you know, the Buccaneers, I feel like any given Sunday, they could beat anybody 45 to zero and very clearly can lose 38 to three. Um, you know, and they just keep adding so many, and, and maybe that's what's helping and hurting them, right? They just keep adding star and star and star and star, and it's not actually putting together the Death Star the way it should be. You know, right. if you if you're wider, if you have, you know, Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette and a decent offensive line and Tom Brady and Chris Godwin and uh, what's Miller, the other one, and Mike Evans and Antonio Brown. And you're not winning. You're not dropping fifty burgers all the time. And Bruce Arians is not a bad coach. No, he's especially an offensive-minded coach. Yeah. So you got to think that there's that, a that lot team of things that aren't put gelling. Even on an off night, that team should bare minimum be putting up twenty points. Yeah, like their bad game should be you know twenty twenty four points, and their good game should be you know in the forties. So. I just I don't know. You got to think that things are just not gelling in that locker room. It's kind of when you put a super team together in the NBA that never pans out. Yeah, I kind of feel like it's the same. It's kind of rough to watch, but obviously, if you're an anti Brady fan, then you love it. But yeah, I'm I'm a little conflicted this year. I just I my hatred of super teams, uh, and, and Tom Brady's been kind of whiny this year. Oh, so. I mean, yeah, no, I've actually, I mean, maybe this is like my post Patriot saltiness, but yeah, he's. He's definitely been kind of a bit of a, a little bitch this year when it comes to to like watching him play. He just seems like he's very just bitchy. Like I enjoy the watching the Patriots, and and I did like Tom because everybody loves an underdog story, and, and I always love Bill. Uh, but now seeing him on the Buccaneers, surrounded by all this talent, you kind of like mm, I kind of kind of get a little. I'm not there at all, but I I kind of get where people hated the fuck out of him. Um, all right. Let's uh, before we move on to a very interesting week in college football. Let's spread them. So the last time we did this, uh, we picked for for week eight. Uh, we both went one and one. Uh, I scored with the Colts, but lost with the the Niners, and you scored with the Bears, but lost with the Packers. Aww. So you are three games ahead with uh, with with eight weeks to go. Cousin Ray Ray, who's your dog? This week I got the Texans plus three 
seems like a probably one of the easier bets. I, I was kind of struggling to find a, a dog this week, as we mentioned. Like a lot of the bets are kind of a lot of the bets are kind of crappy this week. Um, really, every week because you never know how any team's gonna fucking play. Normally, you'd say that every year, but really this year especially is like God. Even the best teams are struggling against the worst teams. So Texans are down by or you know down on the the. the the betting line by three points to the Browns. Browns are without now now without Odell. They still don't have Chubb, so I, I think the I think the Texans can keep it close. Wait, did I hear correctly that Baker Mayfield didn't he go to the COVID list? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was on it. He he didn't get it, but he he was in contact with somebody who did. So he can't play this week, right? Uh, I think if he's if he's still test negative like before the game, I think he's allowed to actually. Yeah, because they they put him on the the COVID list. I just don't know how the COVID list you know, works would, would so much this year. Would even really be a, a a downgrade? But I don't know because, I mean, I guess I've I've said it twice, but you know, Baker always seems to ball out against teams he should beat. But if he's not there, the Browns are just the Browns. And yeah, um, except I mean, Case Keenum's done pretty good in his relief time. I mean, you, you never know, obviously, if that's going to translate to full-time. But the Texans have, have played it basically everybody close as well. So It's probably not a bad dog to pick because with the, the Browns being in flux and the Texans you know, kind of sputtering, uh, this game probably would be close, so having three points is... Yeah, and Cream Hunt hasn't been producing the way that Chubb has, you know, Chubb was. So, so my dog is I took the Seahawks. So it's not much of a spread. They're only getting a point and a half. So the spread doesn't really help me. So I'm basically picking the Seahawks to win straight up. Um, they've been struggling lately, but it would be the most, you know, NFC West thing to go beat somebody at home, right? <laughs> so uh, they get the Rams. Like I said, the, the Rams have been kind of, of, you know, up and down. So this game being a pick em, I just I don't like the idea of Russell Wilson losing three in a row. So I'm going to take the Hawks and point and a half yeah i actually wonder if he's ever done that in his career before because he's basically always had a winning team um i think maybe his first year other than that i don't know he still made the playoffs even then though but i mean could have lost three in a row uh i would give you shit for picking a division game but i did the exact same thing I, i couldn't find a better a better bet for this next week so i took tampa bay by six over the panthers i think that's a risky play um, it really is because you 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 have no idea. Um, but at the same time, that they already beat them this year by over six, so I'm gonna think that Bruce Arians and Tom Brady can take it. I'm I'm hoping this is like a like kind of like a, a Jets slash Dolphins or not Dolphins Jets slash Bills situation where they're able to just take advantage of it. You know what? We beat these guys already. We're kind of gonna run similar to the same game plan, change it up only a little bit. Um, it, it worked for them. It worked for uh, for. Brady in, in New England, so hoping it'll translate a little bit here and they can take care of business against the Panthers. Yeah, I mean, we'll find out if it's the Death Star or not, but the Panthers have them playing really well and to get six points. Um, I took the Ravens. Like, uh, going through, this kind of seemed like it was the, the most solid choice. The The Pats are not the Pats of old at all, uh, and that, that defense is good enough to cause Cam Fitz, and when he gets frustrated, he plays worse and worse. So I think the I get the Ravens minus seven, and uh, the Ravens beating the Colts by fourteen. And honestly, I think the Colts right now might be a better team than the Patriots. I don't think I'd get a whole lot of argument. 
So I like my I like my Ravens minus seven. So we'll see. I got I got three games to make up before. Uh, yeah, I, I think that was the one that does the end because the the Patriots seem to always play close too, at least against teams that they should be in. So. All right. Well, that is enough NFL. Ray, Ray, what was your uh, what was your biggest takeaway from this weekend in college football? That the Gators' offense is for real. Anybody hating on it at this point? Anybody who thinks the Gators aren't a real team? They were down fourteen to zero to the you know quote unquote best or second best defense in the country, and just didn't look back. If it wasn't for that seventy five yard run at the beginning of the game and that like lucky ass deflection pick six like towards the middle of the game. This thing wouldn't have even been close. It was 16-point different. Oh, also our kicker, who had never missed a kick before, missed a like a 40-yard field goal today, uh, that day. So, uh, so you're really, saying he, he got it this, out of the system. Yeah, exactly. This should have been more than a 16- or 19-point lead, if you look at it. Um, watching this game, it didn't look that close. Georgia really just they, they couldn't keep it up. Um, they, they basically came out with Whiskey Dick, their, their offense and defense. So... Gators are for real. Um, probably the biggest takeaway is that, if, if, if it's not uh, as an obvious Florida Gator fan, my biggest takeaway is that Clemson needs Trevor Lawrence. It's simple as that. That This this game doesn't go into overtime if he's playing. That their backup did fine, but he didn't well, do Trevor Lawrence number. You know, he didn't do Trevor Lawrence good. Well, let's just dive right into to that. Obviously, the marquee game of the week uh, is number, number one Clemson coming in against number four Notre Dame. Notre Dame is now number two in the country. Um, my biggest takeaway from this is the ACC championship, even with Trevor Lawrence, is not going to be a blowout, I do not think. Because Notre Dame made a number of silly mistakes that would have made sure that this game did not go to overtime. And uh, the the backup quarterback for Clemson, whose name I will never be able to pronounce, but I do like his nickname, Ukulele, so I'm going with it. Um Ukulele was very good. I mean, he was throwing lasers. He was not inaccurate. He was definitely hitting people. Uh, he was hitting long balls downfield. So Dabo was, he opened up the playbook. He wasn't playing conservative. Um, and if Notre Dame cleans up some of his mistakes, this does not go to overtime. Notre Dame's offensive and defensive lines are for real. Those are some, some big boys, and they play everybody really tough. Most games, they are as for real as they can get in the ACC. Well, that's just ACC hating. <laughs> at, at SCC, they wouldn't they wouldn't be able to do this. We can, that, that horrible game they had against Louisville, pick almost any SEC team, and it would not would not have turned out as a W. You, you could put in Arkansas, who was supposed to go 0-10 this year, currently sitting at 3-3. They, they would have destroyed Notre Dame that day. The way yeah, but anybody against Notre Dame last Saturday would have had a hell of a time. For sure, yeah, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you, uh, but I, I think that their inconsistency would lead to them not being the number two team in the country, and we all know how they do when they get on the national stage, despite what you think about their one-quarter performance against other college football playoff te- other other playoff teams. Well, and I, I will still say Ian Book is the Achilles heel, right? Ian Book played out of his out of his mind, and he was still 22 of 39. Right, he's, yeah, he's basically the Kellen Mond. Of the ACC, like, like you never know if he's going to go off or if he's going to have a dead game. Right, but if he doesn't do that, that you know, silly trip fumble, um, you know, that would have made it look a, a lot better. Um, Ian Book's going to need to, you know, repeat his performance of, of not throwing a pick, not having a turnover. And right. man, 
Kyron Williams was the absolute MVP of that game. Uh, just the way he was picking up blitzes and making sure Ian Book stayed alive. Um, and Ian Book was, I mean, to his credit, he was able to scramble out there, keep some plays alive. Uh, you know, he had 67 rushing yards on his own on, on you know, 14 scrambles. Uh, I mean, it was a, a, an awesome performance by, by Notre Dame. But my biggest takeaway was Clemson didn't play not Clemson-like, right? Like, that didn't. Obviously, there'll be an improvement when Trevor Lawrence comes back. Oh, oh, the, de- the defense didn't seem to play very Clemson-like. Or, sorry, Notre Dame-like, sorry. No, Clemson, you're right. Clemson did play very Clemson-like for the most part. And Kyron Williams had, had the both overtime touchdowns for Notre Dame. So, yeah, this guy was for sure the MVP. Yeah, I mean, they, they bottled up ETN to only 28 yards on 18 carries. Yeah. Uh, and ukulele had 13 scrambles for two yards. So, I mean, it's it's going to come down because can Notre Dame, obviously they were playing at home, which is, you know, they've, they've never really gotten that opportunity to play <coughs> at home in recent years. Uh, can they repeat that performance with their big men? Uh, if that doesn't happen to that exact same extent, Clemson wins the ACC championship and probably pushes Notre Dame to five or six, and they're going to be out of the playoff. But I'm I'm now excited for it because I kind of expected Notre Dame to get hammered, and then they had that you know the second play of the game, that huge touchdown run, and I was like, maybe this is going to be a game, and then they just you know kind of kept coming in it, and then you know Clemson caught up and then took the lead, and I'm like, ah shit, here it goes. I almost changed the channel with three minutes left. I was like, Notre Dame's going to lose this. But then to bring it back to overtime and, and, and win it there was impressive. If, if anything, that was just, just an awesome instant classic game to watch. I, I actually uh, really wish that Clemson would have won because they're not going to face each other again. They're, they're in the same division, right? So there, there are no divisions in the ACC. Oh, so it's just two best teams go? Two best teams go. And I don't know how this is going to rank itself out here because I don't know how you determine that the tiebreaker of one and two. Because let's look at the other games of the week. Right, so we had, uh, you know, number nine, Miami. I mean, they it was a bit of a squeaker over unranked NC State. You know, uh, yeah, they face Virginia Tech next week. They're, they're, they're going to lose another game before the end of the year because North Carolina is just not very good. They they should not be ranked top ten. So, but if I'm, Miami, you know, if they let's look at uh, Miami. Excuse me. Let's look at Miami's you know schedule you know coming up here. So they have they have Virginia, or no, sorry, Virginia Tech. And then yep. Georgia Tech, and then Wake Forest, and then UNC, and UNC is now unranked, uh, as they should be. If Miami wins out all of these, with their only loss being a crushing at Clemson, does that just mean Clemson stays second ranked in the ACC? I would think so, right? Because they have the head-to-head, and since you, Miami didn't have to face Notre Dame. Yeah, uh, so, so. Assuming that they all went out from here, of course, then that would obviously mean Notre Dame for sure gets in, and then it's split between Clemson and Miami, and obviously the head-to-head would go to Clemson. So I, I would assume it's that. Yeah. So I think the story of the ACC has been told, right? We're gonna, we're, it's gonna come down to, because even if Notre Dame drops a game, they're still gonna go to the ACC right. championship. But, but, and then if Notre Dame does run the table or drops the game, goes to the championship, loses to Clemson with a Trevor with Trevor Lawrence healthy. You would think that Notre Dame would drop enough where they wouldn't yeah. be in the college football playoff. That that's got to move them to five or six. Well, let's look at the other. Let's look at the other ones to see if if that's how it's going to shake out. But that's what I would guess is that they would end up at five or six and just miss it. I just really don't want to see Notre Dame get trounced in the playoffs again. Like I, I I can't I can't do it. 
I know, but, I know, but this Notre Dame team appears to be playing different. Now let's look at uh, BYU, now ranked number eight. They won say their... That. You say that every time. Go on. They won their uh, only challenge of the year by a lot. So, I mean, they have stomped everybody they've played. Uh, they've got two games left. Because, man, we are so close to being out of college football. It's so sad. It feels like it Wait, just started. Who are you talking about right now? BYU. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yes. Oof, so yeah. they have they have Northern Alabama and San Diego State left. So BYU is going to go undefeated. Oh, yeah, almost for sure. And I'm just curious. So when do we get the official CFP rankings? The first ones are November uh, next weekend. I, I believe it's this weekend is the first one. I, I could be wrong. Maybe, maybe they pushed it off even further. I'm but, so uh, interested to see. They, they have a 99.8% chance of winning at North Alabama. And at SDSU, they have an 89.1%. So basically, 90, they have almost 100% and then a 90% chance of winning. So BYU is should go undefeated without much of a challenge. Yeah, and we'll see, I mean, who's left for, uh, you know, what the CFP thinks of that. Because there are some really good other contenders, right? So let's go to some some more interesting games of the week. Let's recap it, and we'll look at some of the standings. Uh, Nebraska got uh, thumped by Northwestern, so they're just kind of playing for fun. Um, you know, Liberty also kind of playing for fun. They snuck out a very uh, fun win when Virginia Tech beat themselves. I mean, they are playing for fun, but they're still undefeated. Rick, really, you can't you can't take away from them, right? Like. Granted, they, they snuck by, and it really took Virginia Tech shooting themselves in the foot with that timeout on what should have been a blocked blocked game-winning field goal returned for a touchdown. Uh, the coach called a timeout, so that, that got called back, and then Liberty ended up kicking the field goal on a second try and, and making it. But um, technically, they're still undefeated, so you can't you can't hate on them too much, right? Like they they should. I'm not saying that they should be in the conversation, but if we were gonna have a play-in for that final spot, like I've been I've been talking about a lot. I think they they would have to be invited if they go undefeated to the playoff. Yeah, I, I think if uh, I, I've said it many times, like already, but if we were going to have it where we were going to have a play in, I think we should have it where all these undefeated teams who aren't in all these power power teams or whatever, if we move to eight eight games, or if we have a play in, you have to have all these undefeated teams like Coastal Carolina, Marshall, um, Liberty, Cincinnati. If they're all undefeated, why not have a play in? Like. Well, it, well, that or can we chance, right? can we officially break this into like admit that there are two tiers and have another playoff? But but what what are they playing for then? Oh, we got we got the second best championship. Like what? That that that's already what North Dakota State wins every year. I know, but I, it just feels like it's a it's a waste of having these schools play football at all. Right, especially since they're technically considered D one. It really does seem like a waste. Yeah. So Indiana. Uh, they took care of Michigan, and Indiana's ranked 10th now. Uh, they're 3-0 and with wins over Michigan and Penn State. Uh, do we have to just admit Indiana's good? No, they're only three games in. I, I give them more time. Um, I still don't think they're playing the type of caliber Ohio State plays. So, I mean, that might be good for the Big Ten, but I don't think that they're... I don't think they're anywhere near, like, college football playoff tier. At least not yet. They, they beat Penn State, but isn't Penn State 3-0? and like 0-3 right now? Yeah, so uh, we got some Pac-12 action. USC uh, won us with some last-minute heroics over Arizona State. Uh, they're ranked 20th right now, uh, 
and we'll have to see how how it all shakes out. But I think if the Pac-12 is going to send anybody, uh, Oregon, and an interesting thing about Oregon, I think they had, uh, from what the announcers were telling me, uh, two or three players, I think they were defensive players that were projected to be first-round talent that opted out of this season. So imagine how scary good Oregon could be. Uh, but they rolled Stanford, you know, 35-14, uh, you know, it was never never close in that game. Yeah. I think one of the things I learned from this weekend also was had to be, uh, if you're going to beat Ohio State, just run some trick plays and run them early because Rutgers ran them late and they worked. So if you can yeah. do those early on to keep in the game, why not? Like the, they, they ran like, I think, three trick plays and I think they scored a touchdown on all three of them or they just got significant yardage on all three of them. And Cincinnati is another team up here that's and what what's interesting because of the you know the COVID pandemic these teams aren't ever going to play each other. We're going to have BYU, we're going to have Cincinnati, we're going to have Marshall, we'd have Liberty all undefeated, and you know or we you know very well could. And it's just it's going to feel like a sad wasted season if these teams aren't getting any respect. And Cincinnati is I mean they're seventh ranked now, BYU is eight. We really have to come down to we've been giving a lot of these other power five teams a huge chance to make to the playoffs. Uh, but we'll have to see if have the we, committee gives them any respect. Have, you have, and have I have given them any chance to make the playoffs, the group of five teams. No, that's what I'm saying. We have been you and I have been putting a oh, lot of on yeah. the, the power five teams. But we'll see if the committee's given any of these group of five teams because they're not going to take each other out at this point. I'm, I'm glad Florida moved ahead of Cincinnati. It's just a little disappointing because they uh, again, Cincinnati's been balling out like they, they destroyed Houston. Like, yeah, Houston isn't a great team They're You know, they were they were two and two going into it, but they're just beat. They're just destroying everybody. There hasn't been close games. Right. So like Liberty's close game with Virginia Tech, like Virginia Tech's still a, a D1 school. So that's fine. But BYU just demolished Boise State. Right. So like there's, there's it's so hard to say that, oh, you know, based on what we've seen on the field, they're not the same caliber team. It's like, are you watching them? They are like crushing everybody. Well, it's the same with Cincinnati, man. They are just just destroying who they've been playing yeah, this year. Well, normally it's close with, with teams like, uh, you know, Central Florida and and Memphis. But they they beat Memphis pretty bad, too. They beat Memphis 49 to 10. Houston 38 yeah. to, you know, 38 to 10. And those are the scores you see when you have those best teams facing these really good teams from those lower conferences. So who's to say that they they couldn't do it, you know? And it's from that they have an outstanding quarterback there in uh, in Cincinnati. And BYU. Yeah, so and I mean they SMU was, you know, you know, they're ranked nineteen now, but they beat them forty two to thirteen. The committee's gonna have to take a hard look at Cincinnati. Um so let's look at the standings for each conference here and kind of get uh, a tail of the tape here of what we we think so uh you know we've, we've obviously discussed it earlier notre dame clemson going to be the acc champion we're sure the acc champion is going to get in right because an undefeated notre dame or an acc champion defending you know national champion runner-up and how well that team has been a pedigree for the past five years right if clemson is a one already being out of it essentially yeah. makes the acc is going to get in yeah because the acc is at least very competitive right miami's no slouch uh, everyone else kind of sucks, but they have three very competitive teams, and and honestly, it looks right now like Notre Dame and Clemson are powerhouses. So it's a it's an actual respectable division. Um, so let's look at the the Big Twelve. I don't think anybody gets in. No, e- even Oklahoma State, if they if they run the table, that that they're not getting in. 
I mean, they have that that one loss, but everyone else has at least two. Oklahoma State hasn't been destroying anybody. I mean, their claim to fame was they were going to go undefeated, but you know, for them right. to to drop that game, I believe, it was to Texas. And, and their defense is holding up pretty well, but the sad part is that their offense hasn't been putting up the same amount of points as everybody else. So I, I don't think that they that they have the stuff. Yeah, so I I just don't see a, a one loss Big Twelve because I just don't feel powerful, right? It just it doesn't. Um, so we'll we'll have to see when some of these these games shake out. Obviously, Indiana's playing you know very very well. Uh, you know, and they have to face OSU at some point. So because yeah, they're, so, they're 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 both in the East division. Yeah, they're going to get them on the the twenty first. So that's really Ohio State's last test, right? Because they're going to get they get Michigan State. They should roll over. They get Michigan at the end of the year. That shouldn't be a game. Um, so and, unless Indiana is in fact for real, uh, Ohio State. Is going to be the Big Ten. It's, it seems like with with how highly ranked Ohio State already is, with having Justin Fields in there and him being a Heisman candidate, uh, even though the rest of the Big Ten doesn't look great because your three best teams are Northwestern, Indiana, and Ohio. So, uh, but you still feel like the committee is going to let in Ohio State. So, so that's two right there. We got the ACC champ, the Big Ten champ. Um, now, if Oregon continues to look scary and they go undefeated, it's going to be hard to say no to them, right? But I think you have to be a perfect, undefeated, scary-looking Pac-12 team champion, and then you probably get in, even with the very reduced schedule. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, probably. I, if it's like a 7-0 and schedule... I could almost see the argument for not against a ten and one team, but yeah. it really depends on how how much they they weigh those three extra games, right? Yeah, and then so that's so we got the ACC, the Big Ten, possibly a Pac twelve, and then whoever wins the SEC, obviously going right. They've played oh, full yeah. schedules. There's a lot of good looking teams in here. It, um, it's going to be undefeated Alabama versus you know one loss Florida and winner of that one obviously goes. The only question is, is it one loss second runner up Alabama or is it just undefeated Alabama? Because yeah. a two loss Gator team likely doesn't make it either. Um, if Bama somehow drops one in between here and there, I don't think they do. Nobody else is playing even close to the same ball as they are. So um, if they somehow drop one, they might still get in as a two loss, but most likely it's undefeated Alabama or one loss, both Florida and Bama. So here's a look at our, our huge list of people trying to get in, right? Texas A&M already took their lumps from Alabama, and now they're killing everybody. And they don't have to play Alabama again. Right. Do they at 9-1 and one get some love, likely, because they're already top 10 right now. I think they're number 6 right now. Yeah. Do they at 9-1 and one while slaughtering everybody but that game against Bama get in there? Um because Florida has to win out, right? Florida has to win the SEC championship to get in there. There's no other path for Florida. Because mm. um, even because if Florida loses that game, they have they have no claim to be in there. But yeah, Texas A&M does, right? If they're nine and one and their only losses to Alabama and they've been, you know, crushing everybody, that's Except definitely that's definitely a runner up, right? Their their win against Florida was three points, but yeah. Right, but I mean, still, it's a it still goes in the, the win column for them. Right, but not so a crush. Yes. So we've got A and M undefeated. We've got Cincinnati looking amazing. We've got BYU 
crushing everybody. Uh, nobody from the Big 12, nobody from the Big 10. I mean, Marshall's going to be undefeated, but you don't see them getting love. Liberty's undefeated, so they don't see them. from the Big 10. Yeah. So, I mean, Liberty's undefeated. You don't really see them getting, you know, any love. Uh, I mean, we'll see what the committee says, but they just, I don't think their pedigree is going to allow them to be in the conversation. But right, BYU's, yeah, I think, does. Differential, the, the teams that they're playing, like, just, just like Marshall. I, I think Marshall goes undefeated. They have four games left against four teams with losing records. Like, FIU is 2-5. and five. Uh, Mid-Tennessee State isn't doing good. Rice is technically 1-1, one and one, I think, on the season, but... Um, I, I don't remember who CLT is. Colt, like what? What is? Oh, Charlotte. Charlotte is two and three, so also losing. Um, Marshall likely goes undefeated. That they're probably going ten and zero, but I don't think that they get in either. Yeah, I mean, same with Coastal Carolina. You know, if they go undefeated in the well, Coastal Carolina will play Liberty at the end of the, at the very last game of the season. So, well, that'll knock out one of them. So yeah. we we see. I think we can say uh, three teams for sure. Um, Actually, I guess fourth, if you include the the loser of uh, Notre Dame, if, if Notre Dame loses, right? So you've got Notre Dame on the outside looking in, uh, with probably a, a a close quality loss in the the ACC championship game, but losing a championship probably knocks you out because uh, they'll they'll probably view that as a playoff game, effectively a pre playoff game. So if if our playoffs right now, to recap what we talked about, would be. You know, probably Oregon, OSU, Bama, Florida, Clemson, Notre Dame. On the outside looking in, we're going to have Cincinnati, BYU, and Texas A&M. So very interesting with not a lot left to play. Uh, the committee is going to have a very tough job justifying this. There's going to be a lot of upset teams. Um, because, I mean, if Cincinnati playing the way they have, if, if, if they go undefeated, do you just go, sorry, Texas A&M, you shouldn't have lost to Bama? Yeah, I guess. Like, <laughs> like, oh, he shouldn't have lost to the obvious number one team in the country. I mean, they did beat Florida, so there's that. But I, yeah, it's hard. So, it's it's so, really hard when, when there's this like absolute favorite conference, right? That there's this absolute conference that everybody, that not everybody loves, but especially the committee and most people agree is the best conference. It's like you went nine and one in the best conference. Your only loss was to the number one team. It's really hard to to push them out. Especially when it was three, that was like week three of of, yeah. a, of a COVID season that yeah. early in the season, yeah. Like, so if Florida does beat Alabama, do you let all three of them in? Like, you can't let three out of four. That this is another reason why I think we should push for a, a, a another like eight eight teams or even do six and you know give give two teams a buy. I, I don't know how you decide which two teams, and that's probably going to be a spot for debate. But go eight teams. Let, let there be a plan for for that uh, for that final spot between like Liberty and CCU. Let let that last game be a play in to to that to that last spot. You know, like why not let these undefeated lower teams, especially in this crazy season that everyone's going to put an asterisk on anyway, asterisk on anyway. Just let just let them go, and you know if they lose and they lose, and then then you have a case for it, right? But if they win, and that's probably what they fear more than anything is that they do win. Um, then you have to let them in in the future, but maybe that's what they're trying to avoid. Well, and I, and I guess I never brought it up. I kind of just wrote them off because of, of Ohio State, but uh, Wisconsin could very easily go six and zero and look pretty strong go but against there because they're going to get they just you know rolled Illinois, which means nothing. Um, uh, but they you know they lost their games because of COVID. 
So if they, uh, you know, if they are, if they're six and zero, and and then I guess they, you're playing for your life against Ohio State, right? Yeah. In their standings. Essentially, yeah. Because they're going to get Northwestern and Indiana. So if you roll through those two other ranked Big Ten teams, uh, you know, if you knock out Ohio State, Ohio State can't, you can't send them to the playoff. It's going to be so weird, and I have no idea how this is all going to shake out. It, it just, coronavirus really fucked college football. There's, we should have had so many more weeks to, for these teams to play all these things out. And it, it, it feels so so bad that we're going to have, uh, I don't know if we can have that many bowl games. I don't know what the bowl game schedule is going to be like. Yeah, I'm actually really curious as to how they're going to decide the bowl, decide the bowl games and how many they're going to be and who's going to play in what because you don't want these teams all traveling to play each other, right? Like like if one person gets a positive, you're not going to want them to go infect an entire new team halfway yeah. across the country. So I mean, I suspect they're they're going to have some, right? Because at least these undefeated, you know, liberties and marshals of the world deserve to play, a, you know, another team of that caliber. So we at least see who wins. Um, uh, but you got to feel bad for the players, right? If this is their, you know, if you're Cincinnati and, and you go undefeated and, you know, you probably had some some good out-of-conference, you know, Power 5 teams that you would have played but you didn't get to. Yeah, I mean, th- those schedules were announced. I'm actually curious as to what those compared to what they actually had to play. But it, it's really sad. It, it's more sad for them than anything, right? If you, if you go 10-0, and 0, it's like, to them, what, what's two more games, you know? To, to them, it's like, yeah, no, for sure. We, we went 10-0. Of course we'd win two more games. Like, we'll, we'll play whoever. Just just let us compete. Yeah, or if you're in a conference like Mid-American, who, you know, and I guess for the Pac-12, for that matter, who just started playing. So you're never... You're, you're, they don't have the pedigree to make it there anyway, but they're never going to have a chance to prove anything, and there's no championship for them to play for at all, so... It's also weird that uh, I just noticed Notre Dame's not considered in the FBS independent standings. Like I know that they're playing uh, an ACC schedule for just this season, but I, it's weird that they're not considered still independent. For I this. believe I believe for football they're officially ACC, just really? football. Yeah, I, I believe I thought, I thought that, was, that was the ruling for I football. That was the one thing that they were not ACC. No, I, I believe that's the only thing they are officially ACC for. Because of because of the the chance to get snubbed because they don't have a conference game, I, th- I believe they decided to stick their their foot in the ACC. Wait, like all time because they've never gotten snubbed before. They've always been considered, even though they shouldn't have been. Right, but it, I forget how was it three four years ago when it came down to all the conference championships and everybody was looking at Notre Dame going, "You don't get to play one. How are we supposed to evaluate you?" I think it was back in like the when Baylor and them got snubbed right around those years. Uh, so what, what I'm seeing right now is that outside of 2020, they're still going to be independent. Oh, maybe I'm full of shit. I thought they were officially ACC, but that, that, that was a super quick Google search, but we'll, we'll have to see. Also, the Jets are beating the Patriots 17 to, uh, seven to three, 13 can't talk. And Jacoby Myers is getting a lot of yards. God fucking damn. Uh, let's not even talk about our fantasy football misery. Uh, I'm glad sports are back, but they are confusing and bringing me some heartache. Uh, Ray Ray, did we forget anything? For sure. It's a good show.